Well, the Denver Nuggets don't seem to have it in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they lose their second straight blowout of the season that's approaching the All-Star break rather quickly. Is this something for Nuggets fans to be concerned about? How real are some of these issues that they've been facing? Do we think the Denver Nuggets should be working on the buyout market? Also, this next straw poll just dropped. What did you say about Nikola Jokic MVP chances? We're going to talk about all that and more here. Locked on Nuggets. You are locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Locked on Nuggets. This is your team every day. So glad that y'all are here. This has been a really, really, really interesting time to be a basketball fan of the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets playing really well. They're pacing for 56 wins this season. But yet, feels kind of strange the last couple of weeks when you look at their win profile. The Denver Nuggets, man, they lose in blowout fashion to the Milwaukee Bucks in the game. I think everybody was really excited about the Denver Nuggets. We're getting KCP back. Jamal Murray was in the lineup. They were going to have everybody. MPJ was going to be there as well. But yet, they just did not seem to have the juice that they needed going into this game. Now, here's the thing. The Nuggets started off yesterday's game. They were like 0 for 6 to start the game off. Five clanks. I mean, wide open three-point shots. Nothing. Nothing. They couldn't do a lot of many things where they just didn't have the basketball process wasn't there. They weren't passing the ball super well. They just did not seem to be able to lock in defensively either. They were giving up a lot of second chance points, a lot of rebounds. It was just a really ugly game. And really, y'all, outside of Nikola Jokic, this is uh, not a great performance, man. It was really a strange game all around. Jamal Murray only has three points. Three points. And he only scored right before the half ended. He didn't play in the second half at all, Jamal Murray nor KCP. And so it looks like they're going to be held out at a Kings game tomorrow night as well, just for a precaution, just to make sure that, look, you know, we don't want to play around with it at all. We want to make sure everybody's good to go post-All-Star break. If they don't play tomorrow, that gives them eight full days off. KCP already missed a couple games. Jamal Murray, if you're not feeling completely awesome right now, then get ready for the all-star break because guess what? You need to get healthy because now you got about 28 games after the all-star break, and then you're sprinting into the playoffs as well. So it was an unfortunate game because everybody wants to see Giannis and Jokic go at it, and both of them showed up. Nikola Jokic yesterday, 29 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. Jokic had 23 points at the half. He had 23 points in the first half. Giannis up to the Kumpa yesterday, 36 points. He had 18 rebounds and five assists, plus two blocks and three steals yesterday. And at one point in time in the game, Jokic had scored 23 of, of, of uh, Denver Nuggets, 44 points in the first half. 23 of the first 44 points. The Nuggets scored 21 points outside of Joker for a lot of that first half. And I don't really know. Now, again, some of this – Absolutely needs to be given to Milwaukee defense. Um, they played a lot more connected yesterday. Um, they were hustling on the defensive end. Pat Bev obviously made a really important difference in their overall process yesterday. 
But if you just look at the game, man, it really just didn't matter. Yesterday in the first half, Michael Porter Jr., three points on one of six shooting. Jamal Murray, three points on one of five shooting. Aaron Gordon, zero points on zero of four shooting. That's three of the Nuggets' four biggest contracts. Three of the four Nuggets' biggest contracts yesterday. And they had six points between them in 16, 33, 49 total minutes of play between the three players. It just was not a pretty game at all. And sometimes, man, when you get at this point in the season, for whatever else it is, like the Nuggets have won a championship. They're aiming to win more games than they did last year. They're taking care of business for the most part, but they had been really good on the road too. But just sometimes you don't have the energy and you don't have the shot. They just don't go down. And, man, again, outside of Joker, they didn't have anything going at all yesterday. Uh, Joker was a minus 16. He was only a minus seven. And I want to say in the first half when they were down 16 points, uh, Jokic actually left the game in the first quarter, and it was 23 to 26. And then I want to say, like, the Nuggets were like a minus 15. A minus 15 when Joker left the court. And by the time he came back in, the deficit, man, was just kind of out of reach and the energy and stuff just wasn't there. So it just wasn't a good game at all. And again, you know, having Jamal Murray being nicked up a little bit. Now, Chris Middleton didn't play yesterday, but Jamal, like, he didn't look as sharp. He didn't look as physical as he normally does. And, you know, he was getting hedged and blitzed. And so what's happening also, too, teams are adjusting. What they're doing is, when DeAndre Jordan gets on the court, they know his best asset is his ability as a rim roller. And they're not afraid of the Nuggets second unit team just because, like, well, Michael Porter Jr. is out there, but if the Nuggets aren't going to shot hunt for him, then we're just going to stay attached. We're going to help off of Peyton. We're going to help off of Christian. And when we need a hedge, we're going to hedge. We don't think DeAndre Jordan is going to beat us as a passer. And so yesterday, whenever Reggie Jackson or whenever, DeAndre, whenever Jamal Murray had a screen action, then whoever's guarding him, They'll just come up, blitz, and that way you're trapped. You either got to throw it to DJ or get the ball out of your hands, or you got to reset the play as a whole. So they're going to have to change up what they're doing a little bit, um, maybe even go to a Michael Porter Jr. screen for a little pick and pop, maybe having Peyton Washington instead beat a roller. That way you can get a short roll with Peyton Washington if they do decide to trap, and he can be a lob to DeAndre Jordan or be a floater or kick it out to Christian or kick it out to Michael Porter Jr. But a lot of this man is like, Yesterday really wasn't about anything other than if three of your four best players are going to have really bad games, you're not going to be in games. And it doesn't matter who you're playing against. It could have been the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. It could have been the Washington Wizards yesterday, and it wouldn't matter. It could have been the L.A. Lakers this year who've been a bad team. It could have been any of those teams. It could have been the San Antonio Spurs. It could have been the Detroit Pistons. If you're not going to get any other help for your best player, it's not going to matter. So, really unfortunate game. Uh, it was Collins and Lefty got time off the bench yesterday uh, because when Jamal went out, Reggie then got inserted into the starting unit, and then Colin came off the bench. And I've said this before. I just don't think that, you know, even if he's just getting sparse minutes here and there, I just don't think those are the kind of archetypes you want to have on the Denver Nuggets roster anymore. Colin is small. Colin is not a great defender. Colin is not a great shooter. Like, that's kind of like a Faku, but a, a bigger version of Faku. 
Like you just can't have a player that's just not an outright good defender on this roster. And you're already stretching that with Reggie Jackson. I think the thing that the Nuggets are going to have to find a solution to, they're playing Reggie and they're playing Jamal and it doesn't work. That lineup does not work. It's not a good lineup. They don't play well together. And even if like you're trying to stabilize the Jamal minutes by not having up, not having him be on the ball a whole lot. The issue is, is that Jamal Murray, you know, he's a good defender. He's a good defender when he needs to lock in, but he's just not going to be a great defender for the rest of the game. He's just not. But if you look at the information for the Denver Nuggets, and you look at their two-man data so far in the season, Jamal Murray and Reggie Jackson, they played a lot of minutes together so far this year. Now, you know, Jokic and Murray, a plus 12 net rating, even Reggie, and Jokic, it's a plus five net rating, but it's only a plus 4.9. So, like, that's not even great relative to how the Denver Nuggets play basketball. And then Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, negative plus minus. Christian, and it, it's just, I, 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 for me, I just don't, I don't love the concept. I don't love the concept. I don't love how they play together. Uh, it's just not doing the job right now, man. And I think because, the, de- the defensive deficiency that offers and it doesn't even allow for them to utilize Jamal Murray and his best skill set. Sometimes it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but they're going to keep playing it. They're going to keep playing it. And so they're going to have to figure out how they make that stagger work when it comes to the playoff time. But I mean, so far it's just not been good. Uh, they have a negative 2.9 net rating on the year. Jamal Murray and Reggie Jackson do. Negative 2.9 net rating uh, and a true shooting between the two of 58.9. That's just above league average. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not great, y'all. So, again, I don't think a lot to take away from this game. The Nuggets look like they are clearly ready for the All-Star break to hit. They've been playing really well. They're now 28-12 and 12 with Jamal Murray in the lineup this year. So, they just off of that 60-win pace that I've been talking about. Up to that point, and again, these last two losses, man, they just kind of been thrown in the wind. It's unfortunate. It is what it is, y'all. But the MVP straw poll just dropped, y'all. What does it say about Nikola Jokic MVP chances? And then in the third segment, we're going to talk about the buyout market. Should the Nuggets be a little more aggressive on the buyout or just continue to let it rock like they've been? We'll be right back for segment two of Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, Prize Pick is the way to be. Prize Pick is the number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the number. You pick more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Now, it's demon time on Prize Pick. You could now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1. Thousand dollars. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play on prize pick. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can win up to a hundred times your money with as little as a as four correct picks. So again, demon and goblins, the newest and most exciting way to play on prize picks. So y'all make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA 
for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy, y'all. We'll be right back for segment two, Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, we are back here for segment two of Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. This is your team every day. So glad that y'all are here today. And again, you know, coming off of a loss, it's not always fun to talk about this, but I think one of the things to hold in concert with each other is that this is an 82-game season. And in an 82-game season, you're going to get a lot of ups and downs. You're going to get a lot of ebbs and flows. You're going to get a lot of varying performances. Again, the Denver Nuggets are currently sitting at 36-18 and with two straight losses. They're just a game and a half out of first, y'all. They're a game and a half out of first, 14 games without Jamal Murray, which is 25% of the season. And then now with back-to-back losses, I mean, they could be sitting here at the two seed right now, how they took care of business, but they didn't. But the good news is season-long awards. The straw polls dropped again. We got part two of the NBA straw polls, the Tim Bonten poll. And y'all, Nikola Jokic, he continues to show that there's levels to this. Nikola Jokic in the MVP, in NBA, NBA MVP straw poll results. 69 first place votes. 69 first place votes, 25 second place votes, third, three third place votes, and three fourth place votes. And the next closest vote getter, first place, is Shea Gilgis Alexander with 24 first place place votes. Giannis has two first place votes. Luca has three first place votes. And then Jalen Brunson and Anthony Edwards somehow get first place votes in the straw poll. Don't know who voted for them. Uh, but again, you know, uh, I guess people are really leading into where they are uh, in their standings and all that stuff. But Nikola Jokic right now, man, 69 first place votes, 25 second place votes. Jokic is going to, again, grant it, you know, he stays healthy. He's going to finish top two in the MVP voting again. Top two. Right now, he's in line to win his third. If you look at basketball reference, uh, 2023-2004 NBA MVP award tracker, Jokic has a 44% probability to win the NBA MVP. Shea Gilgis is second with 18.8% probability. So, Joker is just continuing to have, like, a very dominant season. Now, I know a lot of people in other fan bases – they're really struggling with why for them uh, just because they just don't see that in their mind that he's been quite as dominant as he usually is. And they feel like other players have been even better. But if you look at the numbers for Jokic, again, I want to say he's 21st, 22nd or something like that in uses around the NBA. He's averaging 26.3, 12.2, and nine assists a game on a 65.1 true shooting. And that's while shooting 37% from three, 58% from the field, 81% from the line with 15 triple doubles and 44 double doubles. And he's played 52 games this year. The advanced stats, uh, they're all showing Jokic is having one of the best seasons ever. Um, obviously, the box plus minus of Vorp. Vorp is just simply value over replacement player. The win shares per 48. I mean, all of that stuff, man, is screaming that Joker has just been able to maintain uh, a very high level of play. And he's doing things that we, quite frankly, just have not got an opportunity to see a lot. Now, I think the thing is, Shea Gilgis is going to have a really, really, really good chance this year just because he's had to play really well. And OKC has been dominant. Uh, they're fighting for that first seed. 
Uh, they're a half game above the Denver Nuggets. But if you look at the season so far, win shares for 48, it's Jokic and it's uh, Shea Gilgis at the top of that list. And then win share is Shea Gilgis and it's Jokic at the top of that list. So, and Shea Gilgis is having an all-time great season. He's having an all-time great season, man. And it's going to be tough because Shea is a really good player. Luka's also having a really good season this year. He's been really dominant. Um, the thing that's going to be a little interesting for the Nuggets is if you look at the Nuggets in the last, since January 1st, uh, the Nuggets have played in quite a few games. But the thing is, is the Nuggets have like, how do I describe this? They've just not been as dominant as you would like them to be. So a lot of Jokic's MVP conversation is going to be hinging on the fact of how the Nuggets finish. You know, if you look in the last seven, what is this, last 20 games for the Nuggets since it's in January 1st, they're 13-7. and seven. They won 65% of their game. They were 13-5. and five. Um, The Nuggets so far, they're seven losses. It's not bad. 13, 13 wins is tied uh, for seventh, basically, around the NBA uh, since January 1st. The net rating for the Nuggets, though, it's only a, it's only a plus 0. 0.3. Their defense has fallen off of a cliff. They're 18th since January 1st. And their offense has also cratered. They're 14th since January 1st. Up to this point, the record is really good. And even their gains for just really good teams has been good so far. But it feels that they have taken their foot off the gas a little bit. And I think a lot of people feel that they're not as good as they were last season. A lot of people do. Now, if you look at the net rating and all that, I mean, it's not an unfair argument to make. Some of this, though, just feels like they just don't see the incentive to giving their best. If you look at dunks and threes right now, in terms of the adjusted net rating, the Denver Nuggets are currently slotted at eighth. They're slotted at eighth in adjusted net rating. And they're seventh in adjusted offense and 11th in adjusted defense, which takes in your strengths of schedule and all that stuff as well. So I don't know, man. A lot of people are showing some concern about this right now. And we're going to get into segment three as to why that might be and why you might have some legitimate concerns. But when it comes to Jokic's MVP case, man, if he keeps playing at the level that he's playing right now, you know, he's missed two games so far in the year, 26, 12, and 9. They're going to fight for the one seed again. And he's just an outright better player than Shea Gilgis. And obviously, Luka and then Giannis are going to be in the conversation as well. So I think Nuggets fans should want him to win. I think for NBA legacy stuff, you know, Jokic might not care all that much about these regular season awards, which is fair. You know, you got much bigger fish to fry and a lot more stuff that you got to do and a lot more basketball that you got to play. But I think from a legacy standpoint, it would be nice because he would be one of a very few amount of players, I think maybe eight, that have three or more MVPs over the course of their career. Because even in this era, you're going to have LeBron. You're going to have Jordan. You're going to have Bird. You're going to have Kareem. Magic. And then Bill Russell obviously would have been in that conversation as well. And then Wilt won two, I believe. So there's only a certain level of player that you – oh, and Moses Malone. Uh, Moses Malone also won three. There's a certain level of player that you got you got to get to to win like three MVPs over the course of your career. 
So it would be amazing if Jokic wins another one. And I think he should want to win another one just because now it's like you're standing with Giants. You have three MVPs and a finals MVP and a championship and potentially three MVPs with a MVP, another a two finals MVPs. I mean, that's just asinine, y'all. So, y'all, in segment three, we're going to talk about the buyout market. There's a player that just got bought out in the buyout market that I really wanted Denver to get. I've talked about him multiple times. Um, but they, for some reason, you know, they feel very confident in the roster, which they should. Um, they just did not feel they wanted to add that player. We'll talk about that a little bit more in segment three of Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, uh, this show episode is also brought to us and sponsored by BetterHelp. And I don't know if you all have ever had to deal with some really tough things before. Um, I think sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially uh, to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about some things. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. And I think that, like, if you look at all the things that we're kind of having to deal with right now, I think that better help and places like that can really be a good service for you. Just that way you can talk through and deal with a lot of different things. And I think if you're thinking about starting therapy, then this is the best thing to do. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So you visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, help.com slash locked on NBA and give BetterHelp a try. We'll be right back. Segment three, Locked On Nuggets. So you're, we are back for segment three here at Locked On Nuggets. This is your final segment. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> Stefan, look like I like an NBA assistant coach. I love that. Going with the this is what I this is my little work, my little work fit today for all the other stuff I got going on, y'all. But uh man, um the Denver Nuggets, man, they decide they did not want to test the buyout market. Remember, I've talked to y'all about the buyout market for Denver multiple times. Multiple times. And there's a dude that I said that if I was the Denver Nuggets, I'd be looking at because again, Jeff Green. A lot of his utility is not his shooting. It's not his offense. And even defensively, he wasn't like this great player. But Jeff Green, being able to be a stretch four, being able to be a rim runner, being able to be a big body defender, aid at the Nuggets versus Carl Anthony Towns, aid at the Denver Nuggets versus Kevin Durant, aid at the Denver Nuggets versus the LA Lakers, aid at the Denver Nuggets versus Jimmy Butler. Not a primary defender. But, hey, if you need to switch, Jeff Green is there. Now, Peyton Watson, a much better defender than Jeff Green. The, the the difference is is Peyton Watson doesn't have his man body yet. He's just not physically strong yet. Thaddeus Young was a player that I said I think the Nuggets should be looking at because he's a player you can play next to Aaron Gordon. He doesn't, he's a player that you can play next to Jamal Murray. That if you just need another big, that's a physical wing player, like a four-level player, small ball five player. That is youngest player to get. And they did not make the move. 
Thaddeus Young is joining the Phoenix Suns. He's more frontline depth for the Suns, stretch and playoff run. Young has spent the past two-plus seasons with the Toronto Raptors. Thaddeus Young, man, he's had some really good moments uh, in the NBA. He's a very smart veteran player. He adds a lot to teams from a veteran leadership standpoint. And I think right now, if you're looking at the different Nuggets bench, they're just really young. And I again, y'all, the reason I said something about Chris Dunn, the reason I said something about Dennis Smith Jr. is as good as Reggie Jackson has been offensively, man, like there's still something they need, I think, from a POA standpoint next to Jamal Murray. Because you just want Jamal to be able to function like he can and to be clear that he's an offensively leaning player. But right now, Reggie Jackson, you know, and then you're trusting DeAndre Jordan. You're trusting Zeke Naji. Now, again, I also said this on Twitter. DJ didn't play for real in the playoffs last year, and Zeke Naji definitely didn't play a lot last year. But, and again, I want to also bring this up. I've talked about this too, Rob. Booth was clear. He said this uh, in the NBA media day. Booth was clear. He's playing a long game with the squad. But to see other three rookies, P. Watt, CB, develop, make a decision next season, he believes in building through the draft. Absolutely. Calvin Booth was very clear that this is the team that they have, that because of the new CBA agreements, all the apron information, you have to develop internally. And you got to draft well. So 1,000%. Booth wanted to make sure that he got all of the young pieces in to cover these other tertiary positions that the Nuggets need to have, which is your shooting guard, your small forward, and your, and your uh, power forward. Because you're going to be locked in at center and at point guard. But I think some of this is the reason why adding the Thaddeus Young, I think, would be so helpful. It's just because that way Peyton doesn't have to like, I think he's a three. I think he's a two. They're playing him mostly at the four, which is cool. But I just think that just puts a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on him to have to just be able to step up defensively versus a lot of bigger four-level players. So, again, I support the vision, and I understand that vision, but I do think there are some ways for them to be a little more aggressive on that buyout market. Not Spencer Dinwiddie. You don't need Spencer Dinwiddie. You don't need an additional ball handler. The Lakers now have three ball handlers that apparently uh, Adrian said he's going to try to see if they can get it done. They're going to see if they can play Dinwiddie, play Reed, play D'Lo and LeBron and AD together, which I'm just like, you know, do you. It's going to work sometimes. But on the other end of this, the Nuggets aren't about touching their starting five. They're not even about the closing lineup. The closing lineup has been elite. Again, I do want to remind people the different Nuggets are 18 and 9 so far this season in the clutch with a number one net rating, a plus 25 net rating, and a 94.3 defensive rating in the clutch and a 119 offensive rating in the clutch. They've been excellent. They've been excellent. I think some of this is, is that they're, they become so reliant on getting you down into the dirt, meaning that when you got to play ugly with them, they're going to roll you. And I think, though, in my mindset, if I had to put my money on it, come playoff time and come some of these games that are coming up down the stretch of the season, Boston's going to be in Denver. You got uh, Minnesota coming into Denver. All that stuff put together, I do think the Denver Nuggets are going to have some of these statement games in here and the statement performance. A statement performance. I think that when the playoffs come, then there's not going to be any more like back-to-backs. There's no excuses. And Jamal Murray especially, this is this is it. 
You might be able to average 21 points a game and 6.4 assists in the season, no problem. But this is the moment. This is when you have to be great, when you have to be great. So I do expect that come playoff time, they'll be able to turn up the notches a couple of notches, at the very least, when it starts off, because I think they need to make an impression on the rest of the league. Because right now, you get blown out by the Kings, not a great look. You get blown out by the Bucks, not a great look. And then on top of that, y'all, listen to this. So I, I went back to December. So yesterday, the Nuggets were down 28 points to the Bucks. They lost by 29 to the Kings. They lost by 38 to the Knicks on January 25th. They lost by 13 to the Jazz on January 10th. They also lost by 26 to the Thunder on December 29th. And I asked, do, does anyone think this is a big deal? And I asked y'all, the Nuggets have five, 13 or worse blowout losses, 13 points or worse blowout losses since December 29th. For you, do you think that's anything? Do you think it's anything? Now, some of these games, they were on back-to-backs. Some of these games, the Nuggets were traveling on the road. Like, the Knicks game was the last game of a six-game road stand. The Thunder game on the 29th was the back-to-back of a Magic game. The Kings game on a Friday night was the back-to-back of that Lakers game. Uh, and then the Jazz, the Jazz were just rolling in, in Utah. They were just kind of hunting to everybody in the NBA at that point. And then obviously you had the Bucks game where they had rest, but Jamal, Nick, KCP comes back a little bit too early. So there's context to be applied. Jokic played well versus all these teams, but there's just like a team consistency we haven't seen yet that I think is causing uh, some people to worry here and there. But ultimately, I actually don't think it's a huge deal. I do think that after the All-Star break, they put together some really good performances. They play more consistently. I think the MVP stuff, it's all in the bag. The Nuggets, man, they just got to recharge. They do need to get a win versus the Kings tomorrow, though, y'all. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets, y'all. Make sure y'all like, share, and subscribe here on YouTube. Make sure you find us on Apple iTunes. Make sure you download the show. Give us a five-star review. That way more and more people continue to listen to the show, y'all. This is your boy Swiper. I'll see y'all on the other side.